0: Genesis, Genesis chapter number six, Genesis chapter number six, do we have any Seattle Mariner fans still left after 40 plus years of, (laughs) they just have a way of playing with you every year, don't they? Goodness sakes, they were playing with me down the stretch, I thought for sure this was going to be the year we were going to roll back to 2001 and finally make the playoffs, but uh, no, no. Because we don't make the playoffs here in Seattle if we play baseball. And uh, so, amen. Praise the Lord for that. Yes, cannot forget about football. Although I think they're going to be set back a little bit over the next uh, couple of years, sadly. At least that's the way I see it. That's right, the Kraken. Let's get Kraken. All right. Go Canucks. And uh, we've got a new rival down here, down south of the border. Looking forward to seeing where that goes. Amen. I love sports. In case you didn't know, I love sports. And I love soft water. In case you you didn't know that. That was, again, just, I I can talk about it all day. It's just incredible water. And, And you may think that that's just silly, but as a missionary, you travel around and you're in so many different hotels and you're in so many different places and so many different types of water, and that's why I still have so much acne on my face at the age of 25 it just won't go away because there's so many different types of water and they put different levels of chemicals in there and to make it better or, I don't know, take all the diseases and contamination out, something like that. And so when we come to a place where the water is soft and uh, the TV is big, no, uh, something like that. Uh, the little things, the little things. We really, really pull out the little things as missionaries when we're on deputation. And maybe that's weird, but for us that's just something that... Uh, We do. I like leaving Google reviews, too. That may just be strange, but I just love leaving Google reviews. Google reviews, soft water, and Seattle Mariners. There you go, the big three. Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 5. Genesis 6 and verse number 5. I'm very grateful for Pastor letting me preach this morning. And uh, he is where we will be tomorrow night in Indiana. We're flying back to Indiana tomorrow. We were visiting my parents up at the Peace Arch National Park. Right on the border, never knew this place existed. As of now, they cannot come in. Well, they can come into the U.S. because they're American citizens. But if they go back, they have to quarantine for two weeks. But there's this park. It's the only place in North America like it where it's this big grassy area. And then there's trees and people have tents set up. Then there's a ditch, a big water ditch. And on the other side of the ditch, there's homes. And those homes are Canada. There's nobody standing there. You could walk across the ditch into Canada. Now there's an RCMP officer down there and an RCMP officer down there. and They're going to you know, take care of you. But it's just so unusual. There's no fence. There's no wall. There's just a sign that says, hey, this is the United States and Canada border. And so what happens is Canadians are allowed to walk across into the U.S. And as long as they have their PR card or Canadian passport, they can walk across and just show the RCMP officer. He doesn't scan it. There's nothing official done. And there you have it. It's just unbelievable. We've been up there for, my parents have been up there since 2000. We never knew this place existed. And uh, so for the past couple of days, we were up there spending time with family. Yesterday, I was ordained into the gospel ministry in a park at the border. Just unbelievable. Growing up, when I knew that ordination was going to come shortly, I never would have imagined that my ordination would take place in a national park Right on the border of Canada and the U.S. It's just unbelievable. And so it worked out. We were able to be here this morning, be with another supporting church tonight. And I'm very thankful for your pastor. I follow him on Facebook. And he is extremely encouraging on Facebook. I love reading his posts. And uh, he's got humor in there. And uh, he's got serious stuff. And uh, he has been an encouragement to me. And you all have been an encouragement to our family with the faithful prayers and financial support. We would not be where we are today with just being about a month away from leaving and moving to the country of Uganda without the people of Berean Baptist Church here in Puyallup, Washington. Did I say that right? Let's go. Pacific Northwest people, I like it. All right, Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 5. The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the earth, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we know this story, how God was going to cause a flood and and it was going to rain. And if you see in Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 12, and the rain was upon the earth 40 days And 40 nights. The rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. This morning, I'd like to entitle the message, but I believe God has had me to preach this morning, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be in God's house this morning. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people of this church. I pray that you'd bless those who are here this morning. And even those who could not be here this morning, I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, I pray that uh, you would continue to work in this church. And what an amazing church it is. I'm thankful that they have a heart for missions. And it is very evident to my wife and I, and I'm sure to the many missionaries that come through here, that this church has indeed a heart for world missions. I thank you for Pastor and his wife and his family. I do pray that you'd bless them this morning. Bless him as he's there ministering to people in the great state of Indiana. I do pray that you would continue to work in his life. Lord, thank you so much for his testimony, his faithfulness. I pray that for the next few moments, something that's said would bring honor and glory to your name, it would help someone this morning in whatever stage of life they're in. I pray that you'd help me to say only what you'd have me to say and that everything that is said and done would bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. The rain is coming. Number one, I see the rain of judgment is coming. The rain of judgment is coming. Is coming. Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 5 said, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Just as was in Noah's day, we live in a day where the wickedness of man is great on the earth. It it would not take very long for us to look around in our city and to look around in our state and to look around the world and what's taking place in the other countries and see that uh, the imaginations of man's heart is only evil continually. Abominations have been not only legalized but praised and idolized. We have an entire month to celebrate the sin of sodomy according to the word of God of which is an abomination according to God's word. Over 60 million babies in America have been slaughtered since 1973. Criminals are allowed to leave on parole and repeat their offenses. The reign of judgment is coming. TV shows and movies put sin on display and laugh at it. They joke about conduct between a man and a woman that is only fit and designed for the bed of marriage according to God's word. Hollywood movie stars are fitted as the role models for our children. Athletes are now social media activists. I remember as a teenager growing up, I just, man, I I thought Russell Wilson was the greatest Christian ever. And I thought Tim Tebow was, wow, man, what a guy. And it's amazing how some of these guys who claim to be Christian and the stuff that they post on their social media and the stuff that they identify with in the world, it is blasphemous to the name of God. But in our society, we have taken these athletes and we have taken Hollywood movie stars and actors and actresses and we have lifted them up as role models. Everyone wants to know what LeBron James' opinion is on everything. But how about we crack open Lake King James Bible and see what it has to say? The reign of judgment is coming. Alcohol is glorified with sponsorships that lead to billions of dollars in the sports industry. According to a study conducted by the Columbia University, 11.4% of alcohol drinkers are underage. Studies show that boys will try alcohol for the first time at age 11 and girls will try alcohol for the first time at age 13. That same study revealed that nearly 10 million young people ages 12 to 20 reported that they had consumed alcohol in the past 30 days. Ages 12 to 20. The reign of judgment is coming. Adulterous affairs wreak havoc on the home. It is said that 50% of marriages will end in divorce, 60% of second marriages will end in divorce, and 75, 73% of third marriages will end in divorce. According to the U.S. Census Bureau in 2018, more than 19.5 million children in the United States of America live without a father in the home. That statistic at that time was one in four kids live without a father in the home. A very, very sad state that we live in in our country. We, 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 we expect the pastor and the youth pastor to carry on the torch for our kids and be that, be that beacon of hope to the next generation. But what about us as fathers? What about us as dads being the leader in the home? Well, what about me as a dad for my son Carson and, and the one child that we have in heaven as of a couple of months ago? What am I doing as a dad to be the leader for my son? But one in four kids in our great country, our great nation, do not have a father in the home. And how can we expect them to live righteously? How can we expect them to be the next generation to carry on the cause of Christ going forward? That same study that showed one in four do not have a father showed that three million children live without a mother in the home. A much less statistic but still a very sobering reminder that in our country of nearly 330 million, 330 million plus people that there are children... ...in our country that do not have a father or a mother in the home. How can we expect our children to live righteously... ...when they don't have a father in the home... ...let alone a Christian father? Drag queens can go to schools and libraries... ...and read books to children... ...many of those books of which are exploitative... ...to children of those ages. Men who dress up as women in a highly inappropriate manner... ...are glorified and hailed as heroes. They serve as the examples to America's children... But lest we forget that not all sin is major as we would label it. Alcoholism and adultery and pornography and all of these things that we would label as major sins. Please remember that God says that the minor sin of lying is as of the sin of witchcraft. Numbers 32, 23 says, But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Hey, sir, don't think your lies will not be found out. Hey, ma'am, don't think your lies will not be found out. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We sow lies, we're going to reap lies. If I sow lies in my home with my wife or my son, I'm going to reap lies. And it may not always be in my generation that I see it or my dad's generation when he saw it or my grandfather's generation when he saw it, but the lies and the things that we sow may not be reaped until the next generation. My son, may not experience the, my son may not experience the consequences of my life. It may be his kids that experience the consequences in my life, in Grandpa Caleb's life. I can't even believe I'm saying Grandpa Caleb. That's just unbelievable. But think about it. How many times have we as a country experienced the repercussions of what took place in a previous generation? It applies just the same in our families. How about this one? Proverbs six sixteen says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him. And the first thing he lists is... A proud look. Isn't this something that we struggle with? I know I struggle with it. Are we not so full of ourselves? We think we have the answer to everything. We think we can provide our own needs. We have our Google, we have our Facebook, and our Twitter, and our Snapchat. We think we can go out there and we can find the answer to everything in our own power and our own ability. We have our own personal platform to lift ourselves up. We put ourselves in the place of God when we don't pray first and make an important life decision. As a pastor's kid in the home, I can remember times and not, not very many times because dad and mom kept a lot of the stuff from us that was going on in the church. But I can remember several times my sister and I, Brianne and Emma, we would overhear dad talking to mom saying, I can't believe these people are leaving our church. I just found out about this just now. God has placed a man of God in your life, a pastor in your life, a Sunday school teacher in your life. God's placed a pastor in my life and oftentimes the pastor is the last person to find out about important life decisions. We're so full of ourselves. We think we can consult our own needs and we can provide for our own self. We put ourselves ahead of God when we knowingly choose to skip church when the doors are open. We proudly put our kids in the place of God when the school player of the ball game takes precedence over the house of God. We think we can handle just a little bit of sin. The reign of judgment is coming. The sin of anger has ripped apart homes. The sin of worry, as we talked about for a little bit in Sunday school this morning, forces people to become stressed and make irrational decisions. The sin of unbelief has caused many people to miss out on God's timely blessings. The sin of gossip has split families and church families. The sin of deceit has ruined businesses. The sin of impure thoughts has caused many a man and woman to later escalate those thoughts. The sin of greed creates unrealistic and unattainable desires in human beings that will eat at their spirit. May I warn us today that the reign of judgment is coming. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment You see, there is a judgment coming for both the saved and the unsaved, for the Christian and the non-Christian, for the believer and the unbeliever. The Christian will stand at the judgment seat of Christ as found in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 10. Our good deeds and our sin will be put on display. Will I have something left to give back to God? Will I have crowns to cast at Jesus' feet? But there is another judgment, and this one is for the unsaved, the unbeliever. And this morning if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ at at this point in time according to God's word you would be considered an unbeliever and you do not want to stand at this judgment that we are about to talk about. This judgment is called the great white throne judgment it is found in Revelation chapter number 20. You do not want to be present for this judgment. Everyone who's ever lived past, present and future and those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior will stand at the great white throne judgment. The Bible says in Revelation 20, 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm thankful that on December 28, 2000, my name got written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm thankful that it was the decision that I had to make. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm thankful that I became a whosoever. It wasn't something that my dad could do for me because he's a pastor, because he has some extracurricular authority with God. No. It wasn't something my dad could do for me or my mom could do for me or because my grandparents went to church. It wasn't any of that. It was because for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this morning, if you have yet to become that whosoever, you have yet to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, make today, October 10th, 2021, your day of salvation because... According to the Bible, if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be present at this judgment, this great white throne judgment. May I say this? The reign of judgment is coming for the believer. The reign of judgment is coming for the unsaved. You may experience the chastisement of God while here on earth, but it will pale in comparison to the judgment of God once Christ returns. Today, make your day of salvation if you have yet to accept Christ. And Christians, may we be extra vigilant to remember that there is a judgment coming for us, the judgment seat of Christ, and that we need to be extra vigilant, that we are seeking to do the will of God wherever He has placed us on this earth. But I see a second type of rain that is coming. We see the reign of judgment. Secondly, I see the reign of suffering. The reign of suffering. If you have your Bibles, if you'd turn, please, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. The rain is coming. The reign of judgment. The reign of suffering. Matthew chapter number 5 and verse 45. But then let's go ahead and read verse number 43. Matthew 5 and verse 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, Love your enemies... Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. This is a verse that has always troubled me. That God would allow the sun to rise for the evil. And that he would send rain on the just, just as he would send rain on the unjust. But we need to remember the context as we talked about in Sunday school. The context of this verse is not an easy thought. Jesus tells the people, Jesus tells us, hey, we're supposed to love our enemies. That's not easy. Jesus tells the people to bless them that curse you, to do good to them that hate you. And to pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. May I say this morning that the context of the rain falling on the just and on the unjust, the context does not make sense to me as a Christian. It does not make sense to me as a human being. It does not make sense to me that I would love my enemy. And that I would do good to them that despitefully and wrongfully use me and persecute me and that I'm supposed to pray for a blessing for those that have just cursed me. It does not make sense. It blows my mind to think about doing good to someone that hates me. As I would say everyone in this room would agree. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Hey, we all have a spirit of man. We have our flesh. And in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. And as our flesh, we sometimes cannot comprehend the things of God because of our flesh. Our flesh is holding us back. And Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He continues by saying, For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? But he says, Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. It is vitally important that we maintain a close relationship with God. Why? Because if his spirit, As a Christian, you have the Comforter, the Holy Spirit indwelling us. If His Spirit has free course in our life, we may be given the ability to understand more. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. But you know what also doesn't make sense? Is that the rain would fall on the just. Let's read it again, Matthew 5, 45. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Bad things happen to good people. As I'm sure everyone in here has experienced and heard that phrase before. Is it always a sign of judgment? No. Is it sometimes a sign of judgment? Sure. But sometimes there is not an earthly explanation as to why the rain would fall on the just. As an example, we went on our survey trip about three, four months ago. Before we went on our survey trip, we found out we were expecting our second child, which was a very, very exciting time. We had been looking forward for about a year, year and a half, praying that God would allow us to have another child. When we returned, my wife had some complications and we found that we had miscarried our second child. Now, that does not make sense to me. And it still does not fully make sense to me. It does not make sense why God would allow us to go through a valley like that together. It does not make sense to me that God would allow us to get pregnant after a year, year and a half of praying and trying only to lose the baby. It does not make sense to me that my grandfather five years ago in about a week was completely healthy and was diagnosed with cancer and within a year he was gone. It does not make sense to me that my uncle who was an assistant pastor down in the state of Oregon about two years ago Thanksgiving week on a Sunday night after church made macaroni and cheese and grilled cheese for his wife and two kids. His two daughters aged 11 and age 9, my cousins, and on Monday morning when Uh, My aunt, his wife, woke up. She found her husband laying face down with a heart attack dead. That does not make sense to me. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Sometimes it is judgment. Sometimes it is not. Sometimes there is no earthly explanation as to why the rain of suffering would come. But the rain is coming. Whether you're a saved person or you are an unsaved person, the rain of suffering is coming. And whether or not you have taken the spiritual umbrella of the word of God and if you've got your spiritual rubbers on and your spiritual raincoat on and you're ready for those rains to come, you're ready for the torrential downpours of life to come or we're trusting in our own agenda, in our own umbrella and we seek counsel from the world and we seek counsel from people who are, are, so, are, are so-called professionals in whatever uh, field and we don't even consult the word of God. We don't spend time in prayer. When those rains of suffering come, we're just going to be floating down the stream with nothing to hold on to. I'm thankful that we have an anchor. And it's steadfast and sure. And even though when the billows roll and the wind blows, we have an anchor that we can grip hold to. We have a cross that we can look to. And I'm so thankful that there is not a Savior on the cross anymore and that He died, but He rose again the third day. And now He is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding on our behalf. The reign of suffering is coming. Whether you've, you've come through the reign of suffering and now you can look back and you can see how Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You can see how God has worked so that you can be an example and a testimony in someone else's life. Or you might be going through the reign of suffering this week. You might be enduring the attack of the devil and the attack of the world. Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. But may I say that you might be about ready to go through the reign of suffering. We need to get out the spiritual umbrella and get ready for the reigns of suffering because may I say that the reign is coming. The reign of judgment is coming. The reign of suffering is coming. But number three, I see that the reign of provision is coming. The reign of provision is coming. James 5, 17 and 18 says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Oh, what a story this is. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. What power Elijah had. Because of his earnest prayer, he caused it to stop raining for three and a half years. 1 Kings 18 this week, if you have some time to read it, please, I challenge you to read it. It's just an incredible passage. And we know the story. Elijah prays, uh, the rain stops, and Elijah prays again, and, and then here it comes, and he has to run back to Jezreel and he beats Ahab back home. It's just an unbelievable story. Carmel, wow, amazing story. But not only did he have the power of prayer to make the rain stop, he also had the prayer power to make it rain again. It may be today that the rain of provision in your life has dried up. At least we as human beings would see it that way. You may be going through the hottest of struggles. You may be dealing with the heat of this world. May I encourage you to seek the power of prayer because the power of prayer has the ability to shower your life with the blessings of God. God may respond with provision immediately like he did for Elijah when he prayed and here came the rain. But He may have a response similar to that of the Apostle Paul as found in 2 Corinthians 12.9. Paul writes, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, we have this human mindset of what provision should look like. We want the weather forecast of life to shower us with very specific blessings that we want. However, the ultimate meteorologist of blessings may just have a different plan. He may just, if I can say just facetiously a little bit, He may just give us His grace as provision. And praise the Lord for that grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. That grace is enough for me. I'm thankful that it was amazing grace that saved my soul. James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The reign of provision will come, but only through the power of prayer. The reign is coming. The reign of judgment. The reign of suffering. The reign of provision. But if I may say, the reign, R-E-I-G-N, of the king is coming. The reign of the king is coming. John 14 says, 14.3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. Also. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15.52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. First Thessalonians four seventeen says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord with the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Psalm 72, 6-9 says, He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. In His days shall the righteous flourish, and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before Him and his enemies shall lick his dust. This day cannot come soon enough. The rain, R-E-I-G-N, is coming. The day of Christ's glorious appearing is nearing very soon. Will you be ready? You may be sitting here this morning and you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. As we talked about just a moment ago, don't pass another day without putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Today, make, day, make today the day that you become the whosoever that shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved because the reign of the king is coming. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm thankful that it is by grace. I'm thankful that it is a gift and it's a free gift. There is nothing that I can do in my own power to get to heaven. The Bible says that my righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And whether it's here in the state of Washington in the country of the United States or it's to the country north of us Canada or it's over in the country of Uganda where God has called my wife and I the same grace that saved me on December 28th 2000 can save people up in Canada it can save people in the country of Uganda it can save anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord because they shall be saved. I'm thankful that it's not just limited to one particular race. I'm thankful it's not just limited to one particular nation. It is for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not a religion thing. It's not a Baptist thing. It's not a Catholic thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. It's Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father but by Him. The reign of the King is coming. But you have the choice. God didn't make us robots. He didn't make us a certain way that we would choose a certain thing. No, no, he gives us the free will, the free choice to choose to accept him or reject him. And by not choosing to accept him, we reject him and we accept Satan. That's not the words of Caleb Turner. That's the words of the Bible. The rain is coming. The reign of judgment. Judgment is coming for both the saved and the unsaved. A saved person, will you have any crowns to cast at Jesus' feet? Unsaved person, currently, according to the Word of God, you are destined to stand at the great white throne judgment. You do not want to face this reign of judgment. You want to go to the judgment seat of Christ. But in order to get there, in order to get your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, you must choose to accept Christ as your personal Savior. It is your decision. It's not the church's decision. It's not the pastor's decision. It's not a priest's decision. It is your decision to choose Christ. Oh, but not just the reign of judgment, the reign of suffering. It falls on the just and on the unjust. How will we respond? Will we turn on God when the rain comes, the reign of suffering? Will we stand fast Will we put on the whole armor of God, the reign of provision? God may not always provide the way we want Him to, but He will always provide. If anything, we should be ultimately satisfied with His grace. Oh, but the rain, R-E-I-G-N, of the king is coming. He's coming soon. Are you ready? The rain is coming. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be in God's house this morning. I thank you for this simple truth about rain because it is coming. Lord, with growing up in the Northwest, we get a lot of rain here. 75% I feel like, 75% of the days of the year we get rain. Sometimes it can get very discouraging seeing the rain. Sometimes it can get very frustrating seeing the clouds come over. I remember as a young person growing up, I wanted to go play basketball outside or street hockey outside, and it'd be raining, and then mom would say, no, you need to come back inside, it's raining outside. And it can get very frustrating. But as we've learned from Scripture, there is rain coming. There is a rain of judgment, it is coming. The Judgment for the saved and the unsaved, it is coming. There is a rain of suffering. It is coming. You may be going through it right now. You may have just come through it. You may be about to go through it. There is a rain of suffering coming. The rain will fall on the just and on the unjust. Oh, but there is a reign of provision. And God has a very specific provision for each and every person here today. Sometimes it may not be the exact answer that we want it to be, but I'm thankful that His grace is sufficient. And as we continue to look to the future... Oh the reign of the king is coming with our heads bowed and our eyes closed as the music begins to play maybe something this morning that was said through the spirit of god maybe spoke to your heart about this reign maybe maybe from now on when we see the rain outside we remember hey there is a reign of judgment coming and you may have experienced the reign of suffering especially the people who have lived great many years they have a testimony of coming through the reign of suffering and seeing the reign of provision come forth from the power of God.